Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a science here to make things make sense. Today, we're talking about dinosaurs with Dustin Growick. We're going to be talking about dinosaur penises. We're going to be talking about the size of dinosaurs, why some are so huge and why some are so small. And we're going to be talking about... I forgot. Birds! Birds! birds. Oh, my God. You forgot birds! Me. I know. Are dinosaurs birds? Are birds dinosaurs? Birds are dinosaurs! Okay, well, spoiler. Birds are freaking <laughs> dinosaurs! I got thrown off because Greg was like... Don't talk with a voice. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and no, then I was like, oh my no. God, do I sound natural? Do I sound natural? And then I was like, this isn't my voice. Now I'm putting on a fake natural voice. And I was panicking and then I forgot and he had to save me. And here we are. <laughs> no, my gosh. I'm just saying, and I also appreciate it from everyone. It's like whenever we're doing filming and people help us, they go like, it's hard delivering scientific information naturally is hard. Delivering so I, scripted information is hard too. Oh yeah, scripted information is hard to sound natural. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so I personally love the journey of trying to figure it out and get better. And I just made a comment like, because you were going over what we were going to say. And you said I was talking like some other podcasters. No, I was, like, I was just I saying, that. just say it the way you would say it to me if we were having a couple drinks. And then you were just sort of like, I can't do that. And I was like, no. I'm not saying you have to do it exactly. I'm just like, just try. I said it would be boring if I just. No, it wouldn't. I'd be like. So we're going to talk about, it would just be too mundane. And I was like, the podcast listeners want excitement. They want, uh, 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 what's the word when you make your voice go up and down? Bombastic. Range. They need range. Dynamic pentameter. I hear you say that. What is that? Wait, what? Dynamic pentameter. (laughs) What? No, you'll be like the dynamic pentameter. (laughs) Wait, no, you said that to me all the freaking time. Pentameter. Wait, stop gaslighting me. Dynamic pentameter. What is pentameter? It's a type of metric line used in traditional English poetry and verse drama. I have never used the word pentameter. I don't know what that means. It describes the rhythm or meter established by the words in that line. Let me see the word. It's like it's like the dynamic pentameter. Oh, oh wait. I am no, it's I am pentameter. And it's I think it's what we're talking about. It says pentameter. 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 I don't... Greg. Pentameter. Who taught you this word? Okay, I honestly thought you did. <laughs> I have... Truly... Are you lying and you just actually searched it in something? No! Look! Iambic pentameter. <laughs> and it's literally about, like, the classic way that people talk. Like, well, hello. Like, welcome to the... Blah, blah, blah. Like, like a newscaster? Yeah. You, like, literally when you watch so, the news and you're like, why are you all talking so insanely? So it must be that we talked about that and maybe you looked it up. 
Because I no, have I, never I, I used that. I honestly thought that you taught me this. It just means someone else taught me this. Maybe, yeah. I've never ever heard, this. In, especially if it's pronounced pantameter. I've never heard I it. thought it was like <laughs> staccato or like well, something like music that vibes that you taught me. Like something like, oh, the crescendo on that Lord song was impeccable. Like the sure, ionic pantameter of Lord's uh, voice. <laughs> Maybe the syncopation is something I would say or the... Well, no, then you uh, know what? I taught you something. Thank you. I'm gonna Iamic go pantameter, it. like my iamic pantameter is... Is like is I am faggy and gay. Is mine. Oh, that's <laughs> like it's it very like that. Like well, then then we go to the store and then oh. we buy the store and like that's how I talk. Your iambic pentameter is you say boring, but it's not. It's actually Wait, soothing and great. I need to know that you actually know what this word. I don't. I I'm don't not, know what this word sh- relax, means. Relax, relax. I'm just... I thought you just said you want the podcasters <laughs> want to bump. But you're telling your guy... Now you're just changing your mind. You say they want energy. No, I'm giving no, them no, energy. No, you no. say, shh, calm down. Oh, my goodness. I just want to make sure you actually I, okay, knew I, that <laughs> phrase, and you're not giving it a definition that is not accurate. Okay, I will say I'm that. I'm not I, doubting you. I'm just I, double fact. Well, will you let me fucking talk? <laughs> oh, okay. my God. So I funny. thought that it was dynamic pentameter, and that's what I said, and now I get to go... Well, that's embarrassing. That's recorded for everyone in history to know because I Google it and it's iambic pantameter. Gun to my head. Someone said, so before read the reading this, said, what is it? I would have gone dynamic pantameter or would have had my brain blown off because they would have been like, that's wrong. A line of verse with five metrical feet. Oh, God. That's, that's pentameter. Each consisting <laughs> of one short or unstressed syllable followed by one long or stressed syllable. For example, Two households, both alike in dignity. I don't know. Greg, don't that know. is not. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's like the classic way of like speech no, for poetry. You, okay, but you're okay, here infusing that now that you're reading Wikipedia. A oh, healthy have... heartbeat. Like what is? Okay, you're a healthy heartbeat something? follows the I am with each pair of beats resembling the iambic foot. So it's like the thump. Are you sure it's not how people read poetry? Like da 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 So an iambic pentameter is like da dum da dum da dum yeah dum da So it's like so you know what? When next time you intro this, I want it to be an iambic pentameter. Today, that's too hard. We are. <laughs> oh learning God. about okay, dinosaurs really my module this week is going to be about right. one of these next week when yeah, i come back right. and i'm awesome. like greg fully made also, this <laughs> i don't know what's going on but all i know is we're in a fight let's go what we learn this week let's go oh my kidding. god oh what did we learn this week um well i certainly don't know if we learned about <laughs> iambic pentameter because i'm still confused but like go i was gonna say mine's about getting triggered so it kind of fits into what was happening I'm curious. <clears throat> oh my god! Excuse me. Are there any <laughs> sounds that trigger you? Yes. What styrofoam? It's so basic. I hate being basic. I'm scared of being basic. That's why I'm always like, oh look at my weird quirky fishing shirt or like whatever. <laughs> Although that's so basic, but for gay guy, it's not. But um, when those like smelly, stinky. What like um markers oh. that we used to all have? It'd be like blueberry, and I'd be like, "Are we giving ourselves brain damage? We're just sniffing markers." Yeah, but like that used to come in this styrofoam sheet, and I remember I loved those markers. And when they were brought out, I would have to like run to the bathroom if I was in the classroom or run upstairs. <laughs> and I'd be like, mom, can you take them all out, put them on the table, and hide the styrofoam? Because like from a very <laughs> early age, and even till now, like. You know, if a box comes, usually from some company that they're like, like our new product, I'm like, I hate this because I have to now go through my worst noise ever to get to some overpackaged thing I didn't even ask Fair. for. Fair. So that has 
Um, not really anything to do with my study, but I'm, I was going to talk a little bit more about, so people have dislike of when people chew too loud oh, or I don't, breathe too loud I don't or like thinking that. of sounds people make in particular, oh, okay. anything like that, that stands out for you. I, I don't like loud chewing. Like, I don't know why I just don't, but I know I do it. When your <laughs> jaw clicks, it actually freaks me out. Sometimes Greg's jaw makes a little clicking noise. Yeah, my jaw is like really um, bad. <laughs> So to talk about it, this is either called a misophonia or misophonia. And oh. around 6 to 20% of people <laughs> have it. Uh, and scientists oh. actually maybe just discovered why some people feel so much more strongly about it than others by watching the brain. Okay, wait. So, do I have it? Because no. So, well, possibly, <laughs> but the styrofoam thing. I think, based on what I'll bring up later, that that's a very common because it's actually quite screechy. It's actually an uncomfortable sound. It makes sense that it's not that enjoyable. It sounds dry to me. Like it sounds like it lacks moisture. Like it yeah. sounds like a, it's like we're all gonna die because there's no more water on Earth. <laughs> Okay, but go. Okay, we'll get to that. But going to the typical ones of chewing and yeah. breathing, and sometimes people are like disgusted when other people are chewing too loud or yeah. whatever. Um, they realized in a study of people who both had it and don't, the people who have misophonia, the connection between their auditory cortex and motor cortex, motor cortex of the face is overactive. So. Mm. And it goes both ways. People can be triggered by something visual and it stimulates their auditory cortex. And they're like, hey, this is interesting. Um, huh. And so what they figured out is when when someone's triggered by chewing sounds, there's actually mirror neurons going off in their brain. And it creates like a very strange sensation of intrusion is what they think because you're not chewing. You're like, I'm not chewing, but I'm hearing it. You're can like, you I stop? hear it and I'm not. And so as a result it feels creepy and they've realized that they think this theory is correct because one of the most effective management tools for this is to pretend to start chewing if the thing is chewing that bothers you if someone okay that is so interesting but <laughs> yeah. also psycho like imagine someone knowing like, chewing and then you're looking at them like, chewing back like well i guess i'm gonna join you or if you hear someone breathing too loud if you focus on your own breathing it kind of connects those uh that your brain like auditory and like physical <laughs> sensation to connect so it doesn't feel so bizarre that you're hearing that noise and not Feeling the That's so cool and like, interesting. Tactical. They say it takes back control of your motor cortex. I love mirror neurons. <laughs> like the only, the only other, the only, the strong times I feel in mirror neurons is during the Olympics and like mm. Canada wins. And then I'm like, I just won. Yeah. That hasn't happened in years because I actually like, hey, the Olympics are canceled again. But also like, <laughs> I don't love the Olympics. But as a kid, I would be like, Donovan Bailey won. Like I just won. Yeah, I know. It would feel that way. I guess that's why people love sports. It is. That's why we love drag race. I know. I. I <laughs> it is. That's the thing about sports. I'm just like, like you know, when straight guys are like, we won last night. Like to their friends You're when like, like the Leafs won. I'm like, girl, you drank beer and sat on your freaking ass all night. <laughs> oh my God. But I like. I there's something about that that's like that's my misophonia when straight guys say oh we won because the team they like <laughs> that worked so hard won. That's my misophonia. That's so funny. You should yeah. You should put that in your bio. <laughs> Be like I hate when straight my misophonia. Lame. Um, ultimately, the end result was they said in more of this research. Instead of just focusing on the sound centers of the brain, which are people, what people always think, they should actually also look into the motor sensors of wow. the brain. Interesting, huh? Quite cool. We condemn those scientists. Condemn? condemn? Is that the wrong no, commend. <laughs> okay, yeah, pentamonia, whatever the fuck Yeah, that trying word. to have any ounce of being I like, am listen to me on a podcast because my brain's worth listening to. I'm like, we <laughs> condemn all scientists on a <laughs> Okay, right. so what I learned about was, I don't know how you pronounce it, 
microplastics. I hate you. My, microplastics. I don't know something like that. <laughs> um, so, there are people right now going, "What is he saying?" <laughs> microplastics. Okay. Yeah. So everyone loves to talk about a microplastic because they're actually really horrifying, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're tiny pieces of plastic that either sadly are designed to be small like horrible skincare products with like ex- not natural exfoliants in them that are like actually tiny beads of plastic that now i'm like why the hell did we ever do this because that's such a horrible waste it's bad for the environment and it's mm. just stupid so if you're looking for an exfoliant please just always make sure that it's not using microplastics yeah. it's using something natural that breaks down because it's just oh god yeah it, it, Why? It, it usually means like if it's by like freaking Kellogg's or like, I don't know, Unilever <laughs> or whatever, maybe go a different direction. But <laughs> well, I think they're banned in Canada, aren't they? But it's they're not banned because they're well, OK, so in then soaps, the, I mean, the other thing is that microplastics also just end up being small fragments of any plastic uh, yeah, that you've used. Yeah. A plastic bottle ends up microplastic because it breaks down because the currents of the ocean are absolutely ripping it apart and eventually <laughs> get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so small that they can be, a microplastic can be defined as 100 nanometers in diameter, which is as small as asbestos flakes, to as large as one millimeter, millimeter, sorry, not milliliter, that's volume. Imagine I said volume, (laughs) millimeter in diameter, which is about the size of like, if you picture fish fish eggs in some sushis, that kind of like small. Yeah. So you could, you could see it with the naked eye. Okay. The freaking nude eye. (laughs) So the fact that there's such a wide array of sizes, including that small, they're so hard to study. The larger ones, the size of like fish row are easier to study, but there's just so many that they're doing all these surveys to figure it out. And they now think that in a year, this is sort of the worst estimate, like the worst case scenario, but like it's becoming more and more likely we consume a full credit card of (gasps) plastic a year. Just like through microplastics. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is, well, girl, a credit card. Not bad. I know. I love (laughs) it. They use credit card. I'm like capitalism (laughs) seeps in every single aspect of science, doesn't it? It's like they could have used so many other things. I guess that's a very ubiquitous. It actually was. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? I was like a hard drive. Why I'm literally (laughs) know what I want to start doing calling my credit card don't some people say like you got the plastic or something? Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. there like what people is it? Say, yeah, How yeah. is it said? Yeah, like that? Like uh, put down your plastic yes. or something. <laughs> oh my god! I wanted like not that I've seen anyone or been anywhere where I use like I've just been stuck at home, but like put, you put be down like, your. I got daddy's plastic. <laughs> yeah, daddy's plastic. I, I wanted daddy to give me plastic, so it's like I want. So I'm gonna go and then I'm gonna be like have a dinner with friends. I'm gonna no 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 no. Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna put down my plastic. That's what I want to do. Sometime That's this week. Not cool. Is that not? Is that not cool? Um, oh my god! I'm gonna try so hard to make that happen. It's gonna end up so not cool. I mean, like, like the, the meal is gonna be nice and actually, yeah. and I mean, like, guys, 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 I'm gonna put down my plastic, and they're all gonna be like, "You're paying for us." And I'm like, like, "Did you get Botox? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or plastic surgery?" And then I'm actually gonna be like, "And I'm actually not playing paying for you." I just want to say that. So. There's not a necessary correlation between this being bad. Like the study I was reading was in Nature magazine about how what some of these things disrupt disrupt your endocrinology. For example, mm-hmm. our penis episode, go listen, hilarious. But we do talk about the sad aspects of some of these plastic. Um, they're ascent, they're not the actual plastic. It's the chemicals in them mm-hmm. seeping into us. So there is a chance that these microplastics, we just shut them out and our body right. doesn't. Um, not not enough is in us to actually harm us potentially. Yeah, or we actually get rid of them. But what they're realizing is now they're getting so small based on just the 
the breakdown. sheer amount that uh, there is on this planet with the heat and just like it's just honestly it's disgusting what we've done with plastic to our planet that some are getting small enough to go past the blood brain barrier like they're that small oh, no. so they're just like we like can't will study once, that like yeah. but they're just like but that's just something we need to know and then now there's a bunch of studies happening oh, that aren't God. conclusive yet but i was just like oh god and for <laughs> everyone future, who's like studied science the blood brain barrier that's important one there's a little barrier between all your blood and your brain and it, and it has a good membrane up there because it's like if as a as your body it's like we're going to keep things out of the brain so lots of things don't go there but the things that do have to be small and they have to get through and if the plastics do i don't know i'm thinking Sorry, of like the you. book that i'm reading because and i just honestly can't think of the name oh a thousand brains it's a new book it's really cool and i was just thinking about the future of how we're going to need little robots in our brains to clean out the plastic <laughs> oh my god i secretly love that you know what i mean like we're getting closer to using little robots inside of our body to help us whether that's implanted chips or things in our body that are helping like little robots to build proteins okay so we're about to talk about dinosaurs i just want to say something that this whole week learning and researching about dinos dinosaurs and preparation of this conversation made me think i want to write a kid's story based in the future because what happened is an asteroid hit okay that's how we mm -hmm. got birds are dinosaurs because birds survive because they could fly or like, mm, like mm. birds are dinosaurs like the asteroid hit so many di so, so many things died yeah except for little tiny rodent mammals that become us yeah and then birds which become birds hello okay. i'm obsessed with birds yes not dinosaurs <laughs> we'll talk more about that later the future climate change hits humans are wiped out this the little kid story is about a bunch of series of little mice rodents that are maybe a little different because they've evolved and they're using all of our leftover plastic and garbage to try and survive like they have like little helmets and they're <laughs> melting them down but it's a metaphor as them going through again like how you have to conserve of and reuse because some of them are like let's just burn the garbage and it's like no you can't because that's going to get you back to the same place and i thought about that yesterday as a okay, little story cute so it's like what in the future there's were you on <laughs> <laughs> marijuana <laughs> but like it makes you it was like that thing in the future like in, instead of yeah. robots in our brains we're actually wiped out but uh -huh. what are going to be the little like plastic things that like mammals are like that survive are going to like use and evolve with cute i'm excited to see a little storybook of mice with plastic helmets <laughs> there we go birds. okay well let's take a little break and then we're going to jump into our dinosaur chat yeah 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 there you go yeah. that's the weird potamic intameter i'm like you asking oh me my. of course we're gonna do it. it's our podcast bro uh. okay listeners honestly literally listen up hard for this one so as you know from listening to side note that we talk about climate change and the climate crisis all the time we're always trying to figure out how we can display this information to people and it can be very challenging and it's affecting all of us and as a white person it is not affecting me nearly as much as many marginalized communities these are just things that we all should be thinking about as we move forward into the future okay anyways <laughs> so what you might not be aware of is how your bank is funding the industries that are causing the climate crisis in canada for those of us in canada we're the only G7 country that has seen emission increases since the Paris Agreement in 2016, during which time the five big Canadian banks have pumped over $700 billion into fossil fuel projects. So what we need to do is a form of activism. It's called, and sorry, Bank Switch is the name of the campaign. This is what we're going to try and get you to be involved with. But it's figuring out how to switch your banks to not empower them to continue to use fossil fuels and especially in the canadian economy that's something that a lot of our banks do and there's ways that you can actually change where your money is to help make it a really big impact so anyways join us by learning more at climatepledgecollective.org slash bank switch so that's climatepledgecollective.org slash bank switch 
and I'll put the link in the description below. But what you need to do is click on it. It's going to help you figure out how to change your money away from these horrible banks that are ruining the environment. Okay. Sorry, that was a lot. And it's just like a passionate sort of thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're like us, uh, and you maybe are the friend that's constantly talking about the success that you're feeling through therapy, maybe you're hearing your friends talk about how they're loving therapy, maybe you're confused, how do I start? How do I find a therapist? What do I do? That's why we are here to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your personal needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. The counseling is done securely online and is available worldwide. Not only can you schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you don't really want to have to put on the makeup for the fair, although maybe you should check yourself if you're putting on makeup for your therapist. I think I have put makeup on for my therapy before, so never mind. (laughs) You skip the long commutes. There's no waiting room energy. There's no, you know, that awkward 10 minutes early. What I do just sit on my phone, waste time energy because you're doing it at home from your computer. For example, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and get timely and thoughtful responses. BetterHelp lets you change counselors at any time. So you'll always get a great therapeutic match and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. It's more affordable. And there's financial aid available. Okay, ding, ding, check, check. Just head to betterhelp.com slash side note to get 10% off your first month. This also helps our show if you do this and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionales. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash side note for 10% off your first month. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. All right, it's time to talk about some dinosaurs. Um, we have Dustin Grobick with us, a, a dinosaur expert, a dinosaur lover. He's got a YouTube channel. He posts about dinosaurs on Instagram. I believe you just had one of your final shows, like your Dino One Hundred One. Tell it, Dino yeah. One Hundred One right. just finished. Um, thank you so much for coming to the pod. Yeah, of course. I mean, any chance to nerd out about dinosaurs, I'm there. Remotely, <laughs> IRL doesn't matter. Let's go. We're honestly really excited because I'm working on like a dinosaur video right now that depending when this comes out may um, may coincide with this podcast and maybe people have watched it now, but it made me it reignited a like love for dinosaurs that I didn't really know I had. And I'm excited. That's going to be the study I referenced today. But I want to know like what why you like dinosaurs. Yeah. When did the love start, Dustin? No, it's a good question. People always assume it's like, oh, you must have always loved dinosaurs. It's like a kid. Everybody loves dinosaurs. But it wasn't until I was working in education at museums that made me like fall back. And like, I like dinos as much as any other kid, but I wasn't like a huge dino nerd until I worked Ooh. in the museum and was surrounded by them all the time because I very quickly realized dinosaurs are a gateway drug to science. Full stop. Okay. Right. Okay. So yeah. 
like I'm so curious about this because I'm like I have to say I like definitely like as a kid was I loved science and there is this weird interesting thing with science in general and yeah. dinosaurs where yeah. it was like I love science. So then they'd be like, you love dinosaurs. And I'd like draw a triceratops or whatever and be like, well, I don't actually really get it. <laughs> That's like a really hard one to draw. I, and even <laughs> now I'm like, I just like, I'm so into you convincing me. I st- okay. <laughs> Greg needs to be convinced. I need to be convinced. Okay. I love birds. Okay. And birds are mm-hmm. dinosaurs. Correct. This is my question. Are they? Facts. Yes. They literally are. Yes. That's so yes. crazy. Yes. So when you say all di- when you say dinosaurs are extinct, we technically mean all non-avian or non-flying dinosaurs went extinct. But literally every bird you see on the planet today is not just a descendant of, but is literally a living, breathing dinosaur. Which I think is, can I curse? I can curse. Okay. That is so that, you can curse. Wild. Curse. Okay. That okay. Is okay. Fucking shit. I think that's I think it's fucking amazing because that means <laughs> no, it means we have actual dinosaurs you can look out the you can't watch a t-rex or triceratops walk down the street but i can see birds i can literally eat them every day if i want and it and it so you can actually look at an animal that's alive today and glean really good clues about and how animals looked behaved took care of their young ate you know that haven't been here for 65 million years that is so cool because i got gotten into birding in the last year which i thought was so cool and unique and then now our newspaper in toronto is always like now everyone's birding and i'm like what i thought i was unique it's true (laughs) but it's literally a thing so i'm like i actually have fallen deeply in love with birds so i have technically fallen in love with dinosaurs and so now i want to understand because an asteroid hit 66 million years ago yep okay quote unquote wiped out the dinosaurs so birds what like lived and mammals lived uh we yeah, lived uh, well, a lot lots to unpack there and please unpack yeah well no first of all i love that birds were your gateway drug to dinosaurs because dinosaurs were my gateway drug to birds it's like now i'm okay, way into yeah. birds yeah um okay so yes the for we most people at this point have come to agree that uh, an asteroid killed the dinosaurs, right? Yeah. There was a mass extinction about 65 and a half million years ago that didn't kill just dinosaurs. It killed 75% of all species. So like one of the big five mass extinctions. So why did birds survive? Which is a great question. Like if every other dinosaur died, how come birds are able to survive? I generally think there are three reasons. One, birds are opportunistic feeders. Like they'll eat like whatever. If there's not meat around, they'll eat plants. If there's not plants around, they'll eat seeds. If there's not seeds around, they'll eat insects. So one, opportunistic feeders. Two, they're small, so they don't need a lot of calories. Like think about how much calories a triceratops needs a day yeah. to sustain itself. So one, they'll eat anything. Two, they don't need a lot to eat. And three, uh, newsflash, they have wings, so they can actually yeah. fly, right? <laughs> they can travel a fair amount of space pretty quickly uh, to find that food. And so I think for those three reasons, that's why dinosaurs, or I'm sorry, well, birds, were the only dinosaurs that are able to survive uh, that extinction. But you're right, mammals did too. Thank God, because we wouldn't be having this conversation. That <laughs> yeah, that's now. what I mean. I'm like, yeah. also like some rodents and shit like yeah. survived too. But I, yeah. I'm i just like, holy shit. I just like, only this week when sort of trying to force myself to be like, okay, Greg, learn about dinosaurs. You're about to talk <laughs> to someone who loves them. You have to get on the page. <laughs> that I was like, holy shit. I didn't think it was going to be that easy to just be like, birds are dinosaurs i thought that it was hyperbolic statement right. but it's like you're well, saying it's not so no it's not and it's it's easy to say it it's a little bit harder to like explain and like uh yeah. have like the logic behind that same so taxonomists or taxonomy is a science and you guys know this we're like gr- we're grouping different animals based on shared characteristics like all members of the feline the cat family have certain features that make them a cat same thing with dinosaurs like there's a whole suite of like over 30 different features that if an animal has it technically it is a dinosaur 
Birds have all of those. But to make it easier for you guys, literally any animal you see, alive or dead, that's got its legs directly under its body and it has scales and or feathers, that animal is a dinosaur, right? Legs wow. straight, straight under its body. Now, we're not a dinosaur because we don't have scales or feathers. Our legs come right down under us. Uh, but yeah. any animal, legs under its body, scales or feathers, that thing's a dinosaur. Oh my god, I'm horny so cool. for that. And then, <laughs> so wait, horny there, for that observation. <laughs> there are, fucking, there's always an exception in science. There's always an exception. So pangolins. Pangolins, man. Because pangolins are mammals. Their legs are under their body. They got yeah. scales. But they're not okay, dinosaurs. Okay, so they are not. Okay, right. even though you might think they look like they could be they a dinosaur. They do look a little bit like They dinosaurs. have dinosaur energy for sure. They're on the dinosaur wavelength in my brain. But they're That's not. True. And, That's true. And also, <laughs> they're not, like, crocodiles have dinosaur energy as well. Like, gators and stuff feel. And I guess they've yeah. been around a long time, right? Well, that's the example I always use. Yeah, crocodile. Yeah, reptiles, like, uh, crocodiles predate dinos. And uh, But if you think about them, like, their legs are split out to the side, yeah. not set on their body, yeah. which is not as an efficient way to move on land. Like, imagine no, the way to walk that they flop. Push <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like floppy ass. Like we <laughs> when they're on land, I'm like, girl, that's not where you should be. Well, yeah, because it makes sense. If you're in water, you can push it side to side. Yeah, on yeah, land, like... it's, it's a very weird thing. <laughs> and that that's why I always argue that like dinosaurs have their legs right under them. And they're the first major group of animals to completely abandon life in water and live only on land. And if you're on land and your legs are right under you, like us, move a lot faster, more efficiently. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why that's so interesting because you've talked about before how or there's yeah. been like, you know, what's the perfectly evolved human and they talk about how like bipedalism in like an ostrich or an emu would yeah. be a more efficient leg for humans because it's like designed without like an ankle that's going to roll and break. Mm -hmm. And it's like literally designed from the get go to be standing upright. Yeah. yeah. Like our yeah. feet are designed like in some ways to like hold onto a branch. That's why they're absolutely <laughs> fucked. And yeah. I can like every time I run, I'm like, I'm in pain. Yeah. Like this is not yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I'm curious, do you, does your interest go past learning about and sharing about, like, have you ever wanted, or have you ever, maybe I don't know this about you, like been into actually like, uh, like looking at dinosaur bones and like being out in the field. Paleontology, if you yeah. will. Like, yeah. Um, so I've been on a couple digs and it's, uh, incredible. Like most of my wow. background is in science education museums, uh, taught in classroom as well. So like, I'm not an actual like PhD paleontologist out of the field. That being said, I've gone on digs because it, it's right. a, an amazing so experience, cool. but also you have to be so patient. Like I try to be as patient as I can <laughs> in my normal life, but like, like where is the bound? <laughs> yeah. At some point, I mean, I have some level of ADHD, I'm sure. So like I have all the respect in the world for the people that can be out on their hands and the knees in the hot dirt for hours, meticulously, slowly mm -hmm. chipping away, oh, so, waiting God. for that one big find. Like it's a great thing to go and do and experience and help out for a week. And if you're listening to this and you want to every, not every, but like so many museums and universities are looking for volunteers every summer to come and help like, out come on the dust off a little bit of this dust. We need some more help dusting. Yeah. yeah. I see, I that see is so there. funny. I yeah. would want, I would want someone to be like, okay, we know there's a bun under there. Come get me. I'll drive there. You just want the reveal. And then I can do like the final little also. And if I was a reveal queen. And if I was a paleontologist, I for sure would like when no one was looking, we'd be like, grab the fucking shovel and just like start shoveling and then like crack right through like the most important like femur bone or whatever. Like that's such a funny thing. Like I totally never thought about how much patience. Like I could not. Yeah, no, I've actually never thought of that either. And I, but I do think about 
the first people who discovered dinosaur bones. And I think I've read that they thought they were whale bones at first because they just couldn't have imagined that there'd be a creature. You know what I mean? Think of being the first paleontologist or human to just be digging up bones and being like, what the hell is this giant thing? (laughs) Is it fake? Like, clearly this is not real. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've never heard the whales before. That makes sense. I've heard dragons and like giant humans. Like there used to be a giant (laughs) race of humans. Uh, But also the funny thing is like the first people that were finding those, this was right about around and even before we even like collectively believed extinction was a thing that could happen. Right. It wasn't until like Kuviet was it like eighteen oh three or so that like people started like, Oh yeah, things that things that have existed on right. this planet yeah. aren't here oh anymore. They can't gone. go away. Right? That's such a good point. And then you find these things and there's no like for like a plesiosaur, like a marine reptile, like a Loch Ness monster looking guy, there's no modern animal that you can even really compare mm-hmm. that to. And so like it's funny to think about like paleontology as a very young science, like we knew in astronomy and math and biology for like literally thousands of years as humans, paleontology and the study of dinosaurs. I don't know, like 200 years old tops. That's so it's ironic. Nuts. It's ironic. And that, yet they're like, they're yeah. such old yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That yeah. brings me to a question. Like, do you have a, like, I like, I'm so scared of dying hot take, <laughs> but like, do you like, and like, and the meaninglessness of everything, but it's like, do you not find like, I think part of the reason why I don't love dinosaurs is because I like birds because they're here right now and it makes me feel this connection to like what we're around. (laughs) Do you ever have a hard time like being like, oh, I'm just learning about, you know, like 65.5 million years ago when everything was wiped out. Like it just makes it. me like <laughs> scared. I'm thinking I'm thinking about like these Werner Herzog motivational posters with like a dinosaur on it and it's like my existence reminds you time is fleeting. Like is that yeah. basically okay. Yeah, like do you know um, what I mean? Like you're you're learning and you're obsessed and so about these things that yeah, went yeah. extinct, these things that ruled the planet and, and an asteroid most likely, like right. I think that is the, you're right, the most common wiped them out. There's just like this impermanence. Like, does that ever seep mm-hmm. in? to like or are you just like no it's fun all the time and i'm able to just like enjoy these things that are gone (laughs) so uh it's funny because i don't i haven't really conceptualized it as impermanence like the fact that they're not here to me is one of the reasons why dinosaurs are so intriguing because they're like i've said they're a gateway drug to science and whatnot but like you can you can be you guys you can be like a six-year-old who's read some books or you can be someone who's like 80 and has a phd Mm -hmm. and has been studying dinosaurs forever but like ultimately at the end of the day again there's not a t-rex walking down the street so, like, your ideas and conceptions about what they look like, again, how they could have moved, mm. what they ate, their colors, how they took care of the young, can be just as valid or accurate as somebody who's been studying forever. And in that way, it's like a great equalizer. Like, we do, we all collectively do science because we're curious and we want to learn more. And there'll always be more for all of us to learn about dinosaurs because they're literally not here. And, like, to me, that's <laughs> fun and aspirational and and optimistic yeah oh that's such a good answer yeah and i bet many <laughs> that's so that is probably uh, people is who fun. study physics and cosmology and like space feel that same way where it's like there's so much to learn because it can yeah. obviously make you existentially be like we're so small there's no point of anything because yeah. we're like a speck of dust in the universe i have those but days. i think a I lot of people days. hold on to <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah true, i know true. True. like we all have those days <laughs> yeah. but i think physicists have their whole like but we're gonna find the answer and it's like okay good luck bud you know what I mean? <laughs> they're still like we're gonna find the answer like I feel like you're right. There's such a creativity to thinking about dinosaurs. And I have a question now. I also really want to know about dinosaur penises. So we'll get to that. (laughs) But what do you think would happen if there was no asteroid? 
Like Good would question. dinosaurs like Wait, would any of them I've have gotten heard. smart I'm enough tell you to like what I be like have like Wi-Fi? Like that's such a stupid thing. <laughs> to they say were about. around for like a hundred million years, weren't they? Would primates have what? <laughs> I have heard that they actually yep. maybe were on their way out anyway before the asteroid hit. Like they were. Strange. I heard yeah. raptors were actually really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're What's both right, actually. No, like uh, a lot of people argue. Like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the world 65 and a half million years ago. Like, there was a lot of climate change. Uh, there's a lot of volcanic activity in what's now India. Um, there is evidence, like in the fossil record, that maybe they were starting to be on their decline, and this asteroid was like the final death blow. But we, I don't, we don't know. There's uh, if you've never looked up like speculative dinosaur evolution, like Google image search that shit, because like it's oh. the idea of what if they didn't go extinct? And of course, so much of it is like anthropomorphized, where like a yeah. raptor slowly evolves <laughs> to be like upright with hands and stuff. Literally a human. Like, yeah, it's like basically. serving burgers at McDonald's. We're like, yeah, that's weird. Capitalism yeah. somehow seeped its way into this <laughs> metaphor too. <laughs> Oh, that's Look, that's okay. What was it? Speculative dinosaur? <laughs> I want to yes, Google like, this. Well, specifically, a guy did these mock-ups of Truodon. It's T R O O D O N Truodon, which uh, we think is probably the smartest dinosaur. I mean, we measure intelligence a few different ways. One of which is like brain-to-body size, and for them, they were their Truodon was like almost on par with dolphins as far as that ratio oh, goes, wow. which yeah, which is relative. <laughs> we smart, all know right? dolphins are freaking smart. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're starting their Yo, own McDonald's. Fun, <laughs> fun, fun dolphin fact I learned once: there are like five countries that have given dolphins non-human person status. So they're like people, oh but they're God. not humans. Like legally, I, I don't know what that means. But I think like, it's because like in order like to like conserve them or just be like they're seriously smart and they love to fuck, <laughs> so we just need to keep them going and just like yeah. we need to treat yeah. them as equals. Yeah. I love that. I like I like give more animals human status. Yeah, dolphins are adorable. <laughs> like I'm into that. That's yeah. that's like a I love dolphins. I've never swam at a dolphin though. I'd also be yeah. terrified and excited at the same time. That's yes, how privileged exactly. our lives are. We're like, yeah. well, but we haven't swam with a dolphin yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is an insane aspiration. But so I am like, I that. am like, I'm, well, I've had a good life. I've never swam with a dolphin. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna tell you, and maybe you had heard about this study. It was pretty recent, um, and so this is mostly to share with the audience. Don't ever, if you want to correct me at any moment, please, please do. <laughs> Don't feel like I'm trying to tell you something. But there, there, I guess there, there was like this kind of, um, unknown thing, or they realized like a lot of carnivorous dinosaurs, dinosaurs, especially in the Cretaceous period are either really massive or really small, but there's not that many that are like medium sized. And I guess for a while it's been like, the question is like, have we just not found the fossils? Like, do they not exist? And if they don't exist, why? And so in this study, they basically compared it to modern day mammals where there's typically a gradient. And like, if you go to like places that have been the least touched by humans, you see like there's a, you know, big ones, medium, small ones. And what also is really unique about dinosaurs is that there's like so many more big ones than small ones, which is also the inverse of carnivores today. So I guess because like small carnivores can partition, they don't need a lot of resources like you were even explaining with birds and they can partition their resources really easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's kind of makes sense that there'd be so many more small ones. But dinosaurs, it's like they were more kind of like T-Rexes kind of walking around at the time. And so what they started realizing was, okay, why is it like this? Can we look into this? They were like running all these models to figure out what is this gap for. And at first they realized, okay, a big part of this is egg size. So 
an egg can only be so big. So a T-Rex gets huge, but it can only lay an egg of a certain size because of the way gas exchanges through the egg. So they were like, all right, you can basically be as big as a border collie at max when you're born as a T-Rex, which is like a way different organism than a massive full grown T-Rex. And so ultimately, which, which is true of both carnivores and non-carnivores, but we'll get to the herbivores in a minute. Um, is, wait, is there another name for herbivores? What do they call them? vegetarian Sa- sa- or sa- sauropods is that what does that mean sauropods is just Sauropo- sauropods are the long like brontosaurus the long neck just the long okay. tail ones which are okay, also so- herbivores but yeah yeah okay so ba- basically they uh figured that okay what's probably happening is that these small t-rexes actually have a completely different diet than these massive t-rexes which can literally go chomp on any dinosaur and kill any dinosaur but the, the baby ones are too small, have to find a different resource. And the teenagers, likewise, are probably almost like ecologically a different, not a different species, but fill an own niche that they would have been competing with medium-sized dinosaurs and ultimately probably won. And so the reason there aren't so many medium dinosaurs is because T-Rex teenagers were probably just out-competing them. Then they, of course, grow to be full-grown T-Rexes. Um, but that leaves like this So that weird whole gap. middle section, the gap is it's the teenagers teenagers. exactly and then their hypothesis is the reason this doesn't happen with you know sauropods or herbivores is because they can partition resources more easily so like a little uh, long neck can be reaching the bottom of trees and they can be sharing the same tree and there's less competition between them because obviously they also start super small and grow even larger than t-rexes but they're not like competing in the same way with other animals it's always the dang t-rex yeah why is the T-Rex so famous? It's just so, <laughs> is it the biggest, is it the biggest predator? Isn't it the, I feel like I've, again, I don't love dinosaurs. Couldn't get through that Steve Bartlett dinosaur book everyone loved. Don't tell him, don't tell him or whatever his name was. But like, were they not the biggest predator or the biggest predator that's ever lived? The T-Rex? T-Rex yeah. had the strongest bite force of any animal that's lived on land. I don't know. Wow. Random, random fact. Uh, but like, <laughs> no, no, that's the kind of shit I like to hear. Okay. <laughs> Well, sorry, it's 12,000. While we're there, uh, it's 12,000 pounds. I don't know what that is in in kilograms. What's 12,000 pounds in kilograms? Oh, uh, like 500 kilograms. Wait, no, we're still in pounds. We, we use pounds. Well, no, Canada uses kilograms, but for like our uh, own body weight, we use pounds. Yeah. No, no, we got pounds. Okay. Just so don't like- bother saying shit in a mile. Don't tell me miles. <laughs> or ounces okay. is the word. Give me an ounce and I'll fucking punch ya. Okay. Hey, I don't know how much. Uh, what was I saying? Anyway. No, you were gonna spitball. You were gonna spitball T Rex facts. I want to hear them. So chaotic. (laughs) Let's all take a breath. (laughs) Mitch, you know that we. You were always like, "Come on, Greg, give the give the kids what they want, energy." And then all of a sudden, he's telling me to take a breath. No, you were telling me T Rex -Rex. facts. (laughs) You wanted T Rex fact. Um, Okay, so you asked if they were the biggest. Um, There's a couple other ones that are just about as big, maybe slightly bigger, like Spinosaurus, which has been in the news a lot recently, was a little bit longer as far as weight goes. Not really sure. There's Card, Cardontosaurus, which is about the same size. So it's like up there. It probably wasn't like the actual biggest carnivore ever, but almost. Um, The fact that, let's see. so their teeth are big. Here's, you ready? You may, you may not know this. You may not know this, but T-Rex, T-Rex had big teeth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, but they did. They no, really so, did. Like, it is actually crazy, and they could crush so many things. Right. So, well, no, I like that you said crush, because, like, 12,000 pounds per square inch of bite force, which is, like, 12 grand pianos falling on a space, like, an inch wide. Plus, I bring up their teeth, which I don't even call teeth anymore. I call them murder bananas. 
because obviously <laughs> um yes <laughs> my favorite thing people don't know is like on two different edges of these like murder bananas there were serrations so on like a double-sided oh. steak knife on each side of this twelve thousand pounds of crushing power oh and we have found they didn't have any like they're not chewing their food either and so with that much uh force they're basically just biting an animal in half and then pooping it out partially digest and i say partially because we have found t-rex coprolites Copper light is fossilized poop that are like 50% bone. So like, oh imagine it's just God. biting a triceratops in half, swallowing all the bones, Swallow. partially digesting them and pooping out a chunk of bone, which sounds painful now that I think about it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like <laughs> on both ends. Yeah. Like I can see also the allure of dinosaurs. It's like, if you're trying to think of like an evil, horrifying monster, like you'd you think really that was like hyperbolic. You'd be like, oh, like a giant thing with huge teeth that are serrated yeah, that yeah. swallow giant things all. And it's like people will be like, well, that's a bit much for like evolution and like <laughs> physics. But it's like, wait, what? That was like yeah, yeah. that happened. The that's norm it. as well. <laughs> like there's uh, no monsters good. like that now. Like there's like bears. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I think the largest <laughs> Which are like cute. The largest land carnivore now, I think, is a polar bear. And it's like yeah, that's like what that sells us Coca-Cola, and we're like, they're actually adorable. <laughs> like it's like a like a T-Rex, it's like well, horrifying. to be fair, how do you feel about how dinosaurs have been portrayed in terms of like the feather debate, in terms of mm -hmm. like, I've heard people say like they would have more flesh and muscle. Like a lot of the models that were originally made were just like bone and like tissue. Like, yeah, and so like they might wrapped. actually look quite different, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, again, we can't see them. So it's really hard to judge musculature <laughs> and fat and skin and all the soft parts. Um, but I, that's one of the reasons why I like I love the evolution of dinosaur art like over time, like paleo art, because these, first of all, usually, well, sometimes the paleo artists actually have like anatomical or dinosaur training, but a lot of times they're artists that are using other people's research about animals that we can't really see using fragmentary <laughs> remains to try to make up an animal that no one knows what, like the colors or how much fat or muscle. So like, it's, it's really interesting to see the way that we've depicted things change over time, which is usually like slightly lagged from act the actual science on the subject. And then- right. You, people once they get an idea in their head it's like that's what it is and then it takes time to slowly make changes like there are people now even though like it is widely known that <laughs> so many dinosaurs had feathers like velociraptor but people still like no i don't want to see them with feathers because like that's that challenges so <laughs> yeah it challenges the preconceived notions of like what we grew up thinking about uh, and mm -hmm. that's another reason why i love dinosaurs right we're still figuring out and try <laughs> will always still be figuring out what they look like Always. I love that people are just like, don't put flowers, yeah. flowers, <laughs> don't put feathers on my fucking velociraptors. Like yeah. I can totally like <laughs> see how it's like Jurassic yeah. Park and all these things. Right. It's just like, don't put feathers on them. But there were feathers on them. There were on velociraptors specifically. We There's a lot that are still speculative. We're not sure. People think at this point T-Rex had some level of feathers, but we know that velociraptor did. Which oh my god! I love. I really want to see the diagram of that. Yeah, I have seen it. It looks funny. Yeah. I saw when I was looking up stuff for this. I saw a fossil of a velociraptor. I think attacking a triceratops. Like they call it, like dinosaur. I forget the name of the fossil, but it's like 
they think that like a landslide must have covered them while they were in the middle of a fight. No, and the Triceratops has a like mouth on the Velociraptor's arm, and the Velociraptor has its claw in its face, and it's and it's like fully feathered. Yeah, and then people. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, I don't think you can see the feathers on it, but I saw a recreation of someone drawing that, and the Velociraptor was fully feathered in the recreated drawing. I am obsessed with dinosaurs. (laughs) So you're telling me a mudslide fell on them in action? (laughs) Yeah. You're talking about the there's the fossils like incredibly famous because it's gorgeous. It's crazy. It's called the fighting dinosaurs. And fighting it's, uh, dinosaurs. Yeah. It is a raptor and a dinosaur <laughs> called Protoceratops, which is basically like a uh-huh. mini tri- Triceratops, same family. Yeah, and they think a sand dune collapsed and killed both them while they were locked in combat. And I love that you've seen it uh, because like it's one of the arms. One of the arms of Velociraptor is bitten in half and broken by the Protoceratops. <laughs> it's got its other arm wrapped around the back of its frill, and it's got its like claw in the neck of the like. It's such a crazy moment in time captured. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bonkers. That's crazy. And then to think yeah. that a dang like sand dune fell on them. <laughs> well, they were trying yeah, so hard to kill each other, and it was like, whoops, like Mr. Bean moment. Like you're about that. <laughs> Here's a question for you guys. I just told you that we know Velociraptor has feathers. How the hell do we know that Velociraptor has feathers? Oh, fuck. I know. I, like, taught, <laughs> I taught this to kids as a science teacher. Now, there's a, <laughs> now there's an issue because I totally forget. I don't yeah, actually know. Yeah. Like, Is it based on their relationship genetically to birds at all? Or have their arc and feathers be preserved at all in, over in some weird Ooh, medium? Is it, is it holes in their skin? Oh, yeah. Close, close. Like, no, just go, just go. You tell us. Okay, so there's a couple ways you can tell if an animal. I'm not talking about like, oh, they're related, so probably feathers. So one way, like, you've probably seen the famous Archaeopteryx fossil. I'm bringing, but if you saw it, you'd be like, I've seen that. Um, which is it literally translates to first bird, and it's beautiful because there's a whole splay splayed out featheration on the sides of the bones preserved in the rock. Right, you can see the feather impressions like outlined, and so oh. clearly this thing had feathers, right? So that's one way, but that's not how we know a Velociraptor. So in Velociraptor skeletons, uh, they found a couple that are so well preserved that along the forearms, and this is the dots, you're, the, the holes you're talking about, in modern birds, in on the bone, like on the forearms, on the bone, there are these little divots, like little depressions. They're called quill knobs, and there are spots in modern birds where feathers attach tendons to bone. And so in this Velociraptor, uh, on the bone were those same spaced out little divots, huh. which is a really great indication there wow. were actually feathers attached at all those sites. Which, again, oh, I wish I... So wait, cool. can I share my screen with you? I know this is a podcast, but I just want to see your reaction. Uh, oh, we'll, yeah. do, oh, we'll <laughs> describe <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, we'll gasp you, super loud okay, if you've, necessary. Uh, yeah, exactly. You have to let me share it because I want to show oh, you this I'll picture. Permission? Okay, yeah. I yeah. think, like, make him the host. How do I do that? You're, oh, my God, you're topping us on our podcast. I know, Damn. Who knows how to use it? What do I do? Okay, go to yeah. Pin make this is host, some make insider. Host. This is behind the scenes insider baseball, guys. This is how oh, a podcast this production. Recording? Works. Oh yeah, I just I don't know if it'll make us like stop Sorry. recording. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you guys vamp while I'm trying. To no, do it on your phone and hold it up to the screen. That's gonna be the best way to do it, I think, because it will stop the recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't. I like I like that you just thought that this image of a feathered velociraptor that I have on my computer, I'm just be like, oh here it's on my phone right here. Like I like that you thought it's just ready to go on any platform. But no, it's okay. You guys should just look up oh. look up feathered okay, yeah. velociraptor. Tell the audience later. what to Google. Well or just say uh, hey, hey Siri, 
play Velociraptor <laughs> with feathers. Well, I mean, if you just look up feathered Velociraptor, there's a bunch of great paleo artists that make that have made a lot of really cool now. renditions. But if you look up Jurassic Park feathered Velociraptor or Velociraptor feathers, there's a cool like side by side where you see the image of the Velociraptor from Jurassic Park, which, by the way, is based off of Deinonychus. Velociraptor is like a third as big. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, I've but heard you can that. See, people oh, say yeah, yeah. Whoa, I love that. Yeah. Smack Steven um, Spielberg with that knowledge. Uh, no, I mean, they chose the name Velociraptor because it sounded scarier than they thought. Uh, but like <laughs> yeah, a side by side where someone has taken the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park and then put feathers on them so you can see what it looked like side by side. And it's oh they look like God. weird, scary eagles almost. Yeah. Birds. Yeah. They, look, they like birds. look like birds. With di- like with alligator faces. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah a bird I with an of, alligator face is a great way to put it. They're just as scary. I kind of was picturing feathers yeah. making them feel very not as scary, but they're actually like really creepy oh with feathers God. still. Yeah, I, I ask that, that question a lot. Oh I ask people all the time, like, do you think they'd be scarier with feathers? And most people are like, no, I think they'd be less. I think I think they're more scary. Yeah. yeah, because Equally, at least. we've been taught feathers as like at least as gay men. I'm like a boa feather yeah. around that. Like I'm just like oh these. Not-. Everyone's like don't make my velociraptors gay, but I'm like no those kind of feathers are fucking scary. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make feathers even scarier. So feather, quick sidebar. Feathers probably evolved for like either uh, for gliding and flying for downy tufts for warmth or maybe for different coloration for like mate selection. But also for instance, velociraptors got feathers can't fly. In order to hold down struggling prey, if you've got mm. feathers on your arms, you can create much more pressure to hold a larger struggling animal mm. if you have feathers to flap your oh wings to hold God. it down. Right. So, so even if you block, don't need yeah. it to fly, it gives you like an advantage. Oh yeah. my God. It yeah. actually just makes yeah. you scarier. <laughs> yeah, it makes you scarier. Like I was just wa- I was watching owls the other night in our park. It was so freaking cool. And then a hawk came towards the owl and the, the two owls just like flapped their wings so big and it was so scary and the hawk flew away. Do you know what I mean? And it was like they were it was like when the when the owl put its wings out, it was actually like that's horrifying. Right. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, like in some context, it's like, look at that gorgeous wing. But when it's like, ah, it's like actually like, OK, that's yeah. horrifying. I'm running away from that. You, you really are a birder now. I truly yeah, and that's all that's all I do. We have nothing else to do in this quarantine. I just go to the park and yeah. hang out with Alice. <laughs> Question Dinosaur cock. Dinosaur oh penis. What are they? Did they have what them? Do you mean, what are they? They don't have they, they don't have I'm, make, we don't I'm know. making this shrug emoji. So uh dinosaurs so baculums <laughs> are penis bones. A lot of animals most mammals have them. Yeah. Humans, you, yeah, I don't know we if you guys don't. know this, but humans do not. <laughs> okay, so we did a podcast on, on on penises recently, and wasn't Natalie a bit like, so are there bones? And I was like, how the hell do you not know? <laughs> There's no. boners, so, no bone. Right, exactly. And so we haven't found any baculums in the fossil record dinosaurs, so we know they didn't have baculums. Hmm. So you got to look at modern corollaries, which are alligators, crocodiles, birds, which all have cloacas, which I like to think of as like one hole to rule them all. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's one hole for pee, poop, and the sexy time juice exchange. Uh, that's the technical <laughs> terminology. Ooh, sexy time juice exchange. Yeah, yeah. Keep sexy that time, one. sexy time juice exchange. Um, <laughs> someone's gonna open up that as a as a smoothie shop. Um, so, oh my god, barf, yeah. barf. Uh, let's see. So some. Uh, some birds though have internal penises housed inside their cloacas that come out and like during time of mating, but most birds practice cloacal kisses where they just smash those holes together. And from the one, the male's hole, he sprays the sexy, what did I say? Sexy time. 
Sexy Time Juice, juice Mixes. We <laughs> already all forgot. We already forgot it. Whatever. The Jumbo uh, Juice. Yeah. So that's probably how they did, did it. Uh, but now that doesn't answer what would probably be the next question is, okay, so how big would those penises be, right? That's obviously the next <laughs> uh, question. You read my yeah. mind. <laughs> right. So you have to look at modern corollaries again. But if you look at even like the biggest alligators and crocodiles up to 15 feet long, not the penis, the animal. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wow. We're, we're talking like four to six inch penises for a 15 foot animal. So like not so big versus. What do you mean ducks. not so big? <laughs> for something the dinosaurs were back in net. I'm joking. Right? <laughs> um, but then if you look at like ducks and uh, waterfowl, some of the oldest lineages of birds, by the way, ducks have. Mm. here's another youtube suggestion yeah yeah so youtube uh averted duck penis and you will watch a seven inch penis come out of a duck that's only like 12 inches big so like seven inch penis yeah a seven inch corkscrew penis on a duck and then you have a four inch penis on a 15 foot alligator which means a t-rex penis will be anywhere beside between the size of like a a 20 ounce coke and like a kia sorrento so like there's like you know what oh I mean like God. there's no depending on who you are you're like do you want them yeah. to have like a big girthy dick or do you want them to have a yeah. small teeny little micro penis right. you can play with that in your mind that's why we love dinosaurs right. the imagination gets to run exactly. wild exactly they're greatest nature's greatest enigma oh my god wow. okay i love that answer i love that it could just be micro penis to schlong yeah. of the cinch because i was yeah. actually just like why have we not heard, talked about dinosaur dicks that much yeah. but i guess because oh, well, we don't know the other thing that obvious well i in my mind the obvious next question is okay but how like literally how did they mate like think about yeah, stegosaurus yeah. like stegosaurus uh-huh. is covered in plates and spikes like how, and how like you make, would they roll over like yeah like yeah. how do you have safe i'm talking about air quotes safe sex like killing when you're other. covered in spikes i don't know spikes right that's but, so uh, weird and even oh yeah. my god even like t-rex like it doesn't even really have the arms to like get on top mm-hmm. somewhere like how would it even oh yeah they're dang stupid arms on the t-rex right there is there was one theory this was a legit theory from a paleontologist that sauropods the big like the largest animals ever walk on land the big long neck dinos like brontosaurus the female like the male would have just weighed too much for the female to be able to mount it so this guy proposed this theory that there must have been something he called sauropod sex lakes, where they would go into the water so there'd be added buoyancy <gasps> oh. so the, wom- the woman, the female could actually take on the weight of the male while oh mating. Oh my god. So, so now that, that you, is- I you guys are vaxxed, if you're vaxxed, you gotta go to the sex lake. Oh sex my lake god. Summer. Yeah. Sex, sex like summer. I honestly think that's romantic. I think that's <laughs> really is. romantic. It is. It is. But isn't I, it like not safe for humans? Aren't they like don't have sex in hot tubs and like in water because it's like not different awesome. episode, different episode, different species. Yeah. We're sex positive on this pod. Bang yeah. all the liquids you want. <laughs> oh like, my god, that yeah. is so. That, that's a smart paleontologist. I love that theory. And to me, there's. I know there was likely not music, but there was wind in the trees, and there was a romantic vibe, atmosphere, atmosphere to that buoyant banging. Yeah. Oh my God, I love dinosaurs, but I'm also like weirdly turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. By by the biggest things ever having sex. Are there, are there like things that paleontologists or you yourself expect that we will discover about dinosaurs in the coming decades? Like new science. Like, or things that, 
that paleontologists expect, but just haven't yet confirmed? Or is there anything out there that you would be like, I, I could see this happening, that people realize I, this? I mean, well, first, dinosaurs in new place, new places. I'm throwing up air quotes again because the majority of time dinosaur science has been a thing we've looked in like England and the American and Canadian West. Right. But the last like 15, 20 years, we found a mate. We found dinosaurs in literally every continent at this point, including Antarctica. So but in the last like 15, 20 years, amazing things that are like Mongolia, India, uh, Morocco, hmm. Egypt, South Africa, uh, lots Whoa. of parts of China. So we're finding new weird species in new weird places because we're finally looking in those places. So that's yeah. one second. Way more things are going to we're going to find feathers on a bunch of different stuff. We're, we're right. starting to figure out uh, coloration <laughs> on a lot of feathers. So there's ways. So in modern birds, uh, a microscopic, uh, so something called melanosomes or a microscopic structure that the shape of those correlates with specific colors in the feather. And in certain really well-preserved fossils, you actually have evidence of those structural melanosomes and you can see their shape. And then you compare that shape to the modern bird shape and you can be pretty sure that oh, feather was wow. a certain color. So like, that's cool. Yeah, that's place, so cool. Places, colors, feathers, maybe, hey, maybe uh, some Cretaceous mid-sized carnivores. We just haven't found oh, them yet. Oh, true, true. Remember, you, yeah. <laughs> also, you have to always remember, like, it's incredibly rare for anything to fossilize. And so, of mm. course, it's going to be much easier and uh, more often that we find giant bones because, rather than, like, a tiny bone, right? So, of yeah, course, true. in the fossil record, we just have more big things because they're easier to find. They're easier to fossilize. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, a smaller creature yeah. would just likely. And so, they must, when they're looking at the fossils, if, like, the asteroid, it must just be, like, dinosaur fossils asteroid hits then all of a sudden no more dinosaur fossils and just yo that's a great lead-in there's something called the kpg boundary and so that is literally a line in the rock so you go anywhere in the world and you can look in the geologic record and so the line is literally exactly at 65 and a half million years and you like anyone can see the line because it's a different color it's like a darker color and when you look at the minerals of it it's like over it's almost entirely iridium and iridium is a really rare mineral on Earth, but it's found in incredibly high concentrations of meteorites, right? So you know a wow. giant thing 65 and a half million years right. ago smashed the Earth, threw its guts in the atmosphere, and then they settled all that over the world, leaving cool. a literal line in the rock that under that line, dinosaur fossils, above that line, no dinosaur fossils. That is so wow. cool. <laughs> so freaking cool. And it makes you realize how cool science is at just deducing things over time like knowing even like physics does this too where they're like we know there's a black hole because of the things that we can't or like because of the way everything else is behaving we can't prove it's there we can't see it but it's like in the same way that it's like we see this line so we assume there was an asteroid because it gives us Mm -hmm. all these hints even though we don't necessarily have like a hundred percent concrete evidence for it you you keep on getting more and more evidence i love that you brought that up because the theory i just uh explained this was once people thought that and recognized that, they're like, wait a minute, then there should be some sort of large asteroid crater somewhere that's dated at that exact age. And it wasn't until literally the eight, 70, 80s to the 78. I always mix these two up. Two things that are always blowing my mind that happened so recently. <laughs> One was like, we didn't know how whales evolved until the 80s. Like, we didn't know whales spent time at all. That's a whole thing. But like, it wasn't until like 30 years ago that then we actually found a crater that we thought was the right size and the age of the rock around it was the right thing. And that was in the Yucatan Peninsula called the Chicxulub yeah. Crater. So now we have a crater that matches the hypothesis we made earlier about the exploding crater or exploding asteroid. Right. Wow. Putting so, together pieces. So yeah. cool. And it is just like yeah. sometimes when people are like worrying about an asteroid hitting Earth, I'm like, girl. That is not like as if. And now I'm like, holy shit, that's probably what the dinosaurs thought. 
They're probably just like chilling. They're, they're, like, they're like, yeah, like, yeah, like, we're <laughs> fine. And then it's like, no, you're actually not. And only the flying ones yeah. are going to be good, but and a couple of rats that are going to become humans. Oh my god! And it's also on. Like that's funny that you think it was like on the dinosaurs' potential already way out that the asteroid hit, and the way we're going with climate change, like the asteroid's gonna come. It'll be a little <laughs> bit of irony in the universe. Yeah. Right. Sick like nature. Oh my god. Okay. Be, like I need to know if you have anything else you have. Like are there? Any yeah, we're about to wrap up. Is there anything that you need you, to tell well, us? You would be remiss if you just Tyrannosaurus Rex were hot That's pink. T <laughs> <laughs> Rex probably had feathers, by the way. T Rex okay, probably had feathers. Cool. Um, because we found so many of their smaller, very close relatives with feathers, and so we can make that assumption the same way that like Lucy, Australopithecine, like the first upright human ancestor, yeah. basically. We don't have any fossils of them with hair, but like every primate on the planet today has hair. So that right. one probably had hair too. Uh, all right, yeah. what else? We talked about dinosaurs as a gateway drug to science. Uh, we talked about my favorite, well, tied for my favorite, Deinonychus and Parasaurolophus. Oh, Parasaurolophus is a great one. Parasaurolophus, uh, okay. That, that's the one that has a three foot long, meter long head crest. That's a nasal passage where the air like would go in. It's like basically oh, having I a, trom love those. Yeah, a trombone those, um... attached to their skull. Yeah, those, and they're like friendly herbivores, right? Friendly herbivores. Friendly oh herbivores. yeah, they're in Fantasia. Okay. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> right. I was like, I feel like they're in that Fantasia thing. But I can picture it. I can picture a trombone head really helped mm -hmm. me. Love that one. Yeah, yeah, that one's great. I love that one. Um, let's see, what other fun facts have we not said? Dinosaurs were around and still are, but they, the extinct ones were here for an incredibly long amount of time. Like there is more time between... Uh, a stegosaurus and t-rex than there is between you and t-rex it's like yeah, a drawing of you always blows yeah. my mind oh yeah. my god a drawing makes like you realize like how you. long they ruled the world yeah like how yeah. long have yeah. humans ruled the world like yeah. not that long no dinosaurs almost were and in fact we're fucking it up years. so bad so, yeah. and so quickly and so quickly yeah i know it's like dinosaurs <laughs> didn't have like create yeah. plastic they didn't and fuck everything up this fast yeah well, the asteroid hit, so good luck, boys. And also, it, the length of time they were here reminds me, like, you're right. Humans, we've been here like a blink of an eye, geologically speaking. So, so if aliens really ever have visited this planet, it's much more likely they showed up during the time of the dinosaurs. And someone should make that movie yesterday because yes. aliens versus dinosaurs yeah. would be amazing. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like predator versus alien, but if alien yeah. versus dinosaur. Yeah. That yeah. is a good yeah. one. And aliens yeah. bursting out of dinosaur stomachs. Yeah. And the dinosaurs. I, just want, I want 10%. Just whoever does that. I want yeah, no, that's good. That's that good. is a good Also, no, more dinosaur movies. Like, hello, the fascination's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. we need I mean, more. Next, and make yeah. animatronic. The next Jurassic World, uh, I think, is coming out relatively soon. I don't know. Um, if you could yeah. go back in a time machine for a, to check it out, would Ooh. you? Or is that too terrifying? <laughs> would I, oh, I thought you were going to ask me when, because I'm not exactly sure when. Would I? Oh, my God. Okay, I fair. love that yeah. you love dinosaurs yeah. enough to know that it was like the hard question is like, which part of the dinosaur? <laughs> okay, like, yeah. That is no, another no, question, because obviously I would go back to check it out and then like immediately zap out if they were going to kill me. But you're OK. So wait, what is the question? Like which? Yeah. When okay, would yeah, you want to go to? Is it trombone head? <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it? such a uh, I don't know. That's such a good question. Like part of me wants to say, like, the day before the asteroid impact, like, just, you know, everyone's out there. having oh, a good time true. Because just so many like of the see. iconic dinos. <laughs> right. And because like T-Rex, Triceratops, like iconic dinosaurs are right then. But also I'd love to go back like way, way early, like 200 to 230 million years when like dinosaurs are first starting to really take over because they looked so much weirder and different. Like you had 
pro sauropods, which are like sauropods, again, the long neck brontosaurus ones, pro sauropods were the early like basal ones, which were still sometimes walking on two legs. Like think oh, about like a, a tiny brontosaurus, but we, those, and you have some like really like coelophysis, which is a really small, fast one. The first dinosaur with a furcula, like a wishbone. Like, so I would either go to that. Here's my answer. I would either go right to the beginning of dinosaur time or all the way to the end. Oh, right to the one end. Of those oh, that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah, yeah. Great. Sandwich. Same. Sandwich it. It's great. Yeah, oh exactly. my gosh. <laughs> Dustin, you yeah. did it. You like, I might finish that dinosaur book. Now. I know. I actually, so we both, I don't know if you know which one we're talking about. It's like the rise and fall of dinosaurs. It, yeah, yeah. it came Steve, out. A year yeah, apart. Steve. Yeah. And everyone yeah. loves it. And we both started it and then we just kind of like couldn't get into it. But I want to give it another shot because I feel like it was also in a year when I read like so few books. I feel that I was just not having it that year. And we'll come to sure. di Dino 101. Yeah, well, the dinosaur show. Not over now. <laughs> no, but you're going to have to do another one. You're going to do more. I mean, Are you not? Well, by the time this airs, it will have happened because literally tonight, in like four or five hours, is our last ever <laughs> Dino 101. So, last ever? Sorry. Why not? Is there why? a reason you're not going to do it anymore? anymore? We've been doing them for. Well, I did when the pandemic started, we did 50 straight days, like even on the weekend of Dino 101s at noon for everyone was free for everyone. So we had wow. kids, families, adults, whatever. That's awesome. And then it, we've been doing for a year now a paid ticketed with Atlas Obscura Friday nights, adults only, very ridiculous Dino one. And it's been a year. <laughs> it's getting warm out. People are getting vaccinated. Yeah. Like people uh, don't want to be true. on Zoom at like nine PM on a Friday. But you could do but then maybe you could do real, In real in life. person ones. Monday. Uh, you know what? I'm willing to announce this because I know this isn't going to come out yet. But um, yeah, we're doing like a live version called called Science Amazing. 101. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. that's okay. Well, there you go. So, it's not like you're going to disappear. Yeah. Oh my god! So you guys can be our first guest. You guys can be our first guest. I would guest. love to. Love to. Truly, okay. We just have to get out of the hellhole that is Ontario, Canada. Yeah, and we we'll still come. don't have our second vaccine. Yeah, our we're a little bit behind. Oh, that's <laughs> we don't make vaccines in Canada. There's there's a group of like dino. There's a group of us called the Dicknecks. Because that's what they call the long neck sauropod ones, the dick necks, for obvious reasons. Okay, and like, say so. It's just been a community that's come together during this pandemic through Dino 101. And I bring this up because there's one woman who lives in Ontario is just always complaining about the government. Which, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, the government's whack. Okay, well, where can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera? Give us your handle. Uh, well, if you send me an email, I'll come to your house. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Find you at their door. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean on Twitter, which is the book I read the most. Uh, like okay. I don't read whole books. But Twitter. So I'm simply Dustin. Yeah, Dustin Groick on Twitter, and then Instagram. Okay. Dinosaur, Dinosaur Whisperer, obviously. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. And, yeah, and I'll post there about all these fun dinosaur things. I try like my big motto. My big motto. One of my like psychom, I guess principles is like don't take yourself too seriously and have a fun time yeah there's enough like there's enough very serious stuff out there like i think of psychom and i think of dinosaurs as a gateway drug to science and they're like then you've yeah, got people awesome. excited yeah. you're engaged you can transition that conversation to literally yeah. anything having to do with our existence life climate change whatever uh but like listen we got <laughs> going back to what you said earlier we got one shot at this you're like let's get out there let's learn as much as we can let's have a good time doing it Period. Well, yeah. Thank you yeah, well, so yeah, much. Thanks, that's yeah. such a that's so inspiring and awesome and true. And oh, we are so yeah. with you on that. Making science cool. fun and interesting and Yeah, you guys have been doing yeah. it probably for longer than I have in a totally different format, which has been crushing it. So like kudos to you. I know so many yeah. people 
that you have inspired to become side commerce as well. So like the love goes. Oh, that's so, nice. so sweet. We've just yeah. really let yeah. let the drop ball drop on dinosaurs. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we that's loved right. having you on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much thank uh, you. for everyone listening. Make sure you follow Dustin and uh, hashtag side net podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Post. Bye. Bye. Should I stop recording? Should I stop recording? The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.